Would it be nice to go an entire episode with little to no political talk? That's what I'm going to try to do this episode because Christmas is six days away. Let's see if we can talk about the holiday season coming together, enjoying this time, and then getting ready for New Year's. That's not a guarantee that it won't go political. Let's uh, let's let's clarify that right now. But let's see what happens. You know what you're listening to. is Fritz Cast. Welcome one and all to another edition of the cast that is known as Fritz, which is oddly also my nickname. I was going to say my first name. It's not true. It's not my legal binding government issued first name. It's probably also not my Catholic name, although if I'm thinking about that right, I never got to that stage in Catholicism anyway. So there's that. Yeah. So how is everybody doing? It is Monday, December 19th, 2016. Guys, Sunday is Christmas. It is practically here. I can still kind of do voices. Uh, this past week, everybody has been sick. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody. Everybody I know has either been coughing, hacking, sneezing, whatever. And it has brought a, a very good question to my mind. How much mucus can the human body possibly produce? Because I have this empty box of tissues right here. You hear that? It's empty. I just threw it against the wall because it's an empty box of tissues. It's not helpful to me whatsoever anymore. I have a stack of dirty tissues right here on the desk. I don't know what I have. I don't know what it was. But Wednesday, of course, you know, I returned to 4 to 12 work. Last week, last week, no, yeah, last week, my weeks are so screwed up, this is what happens when you don't have weekends off, last week I returned to 4 to 12 work, and it's hard for me to say last week because I still see yesterday as this week, you see where this screws me up, (laughs) you see, so Wednesday I went back to 4 to 12. And almost instantaneously, I got sick. And I think I figured it out. I think I'm allergic to BS. And it just came full force. And I took the whole brunt of it. And it's made me a sick individual this week. Um, it started off with that, that feeling you get in the back of your throat. It's not quite a sore throat. You know, you can still swallow things fine, but you can tell it's getting dry or whatever. Then I woke up the next morning and it was, you know, mucus. And then 
fevers, and then hacking and coughing, and uh, more fevers, and general feelings of death and wanting to die. And I didn't call out of work because I'm a glutton for punishment, apparently. Actually, it's because I have an outstanding evaluation. Build up your character. Four years of perfect attendance. Probably won't hit five. I can tell you right now. But that's beside the point. I'm drinking coffee. Forgive me. It's going to happen. Because uh, my voice is going to get very strained out talking. And I don't want to go into a coughing fit. Uh, obviously, I'm just going to pause the recording and do my coughing fit if I have to. Um, this, this consequent, consequently, is that even the word? Consequently? Consequently? Consequence. I don't even know. My brain's a little racked right now. Figure out the proper phrasing of that word, but because of uh, because did you hear that? Because see, I messed up. Sick as a dog. And while I'm thinking about that, where did that phrase come from? How sick was that dog? I speculated yesterday at work to people that that dog must have been so sick that that dog probably died. Lucky him. Or her. Don't discriminate. So yeah, I've gone through piles and piles of tissues. I've taken Mucinex. Mucinex. I I made that mistake yesterday. At work, I told somebody I took Mucinex. And they said, Mucinex? You took Mucinex? I said, no, I took Mucinex. Duh. I didn't care. I I still don't care. I don't care right now. There's a lot I don't care about right now. But I've expelled so much freaking mucus and goop. I've hacked my lungs out a couple times over. But the good news is that uh, I'm not getting fevers anymore. I think I I had one or two days of a fever. So maybe it was the flu. I don't know. Maybe I should have got the flu shot. Or maybe I should just be, you know, glad that it's over and done with now. I don't know. I don't know. Some of you might be sitting there. Why didn't you go to the doctor? Because the doctor would have prescribed me antibiotics because I had a sinus infection, probably. And uh, they would have said, all right, in three to five days, the the symptoms will subside. You'll start getting better, which guess what's happening right now? Yeah, the symptoms are starting to subside and I'm starting to get better. So I saved myself 25 bucks plus the prescription of antibiotics. Because I am a trooper. Or maybe I just like making myself feel better and calling myself a trooper. I don't know. So um, I'm actually excited about tomorrow night. Why tomorrow night? You, you might be sitting here. Why is he excited about Tuesday? It's December 20th. What's the big deal? Uh, oh, yeah. I got my tickets. My wife spoils me. Call it an early Christmas gift. If you will. But... She allowed me to purchase us uh, two tickets to Cinemark XD to see Star Wars Rogue One. And I could not be more excited. 
because I am dying to see this film. I have friends who have already seen it uh, who tell me that I'm pretty much going to nerd out the entire film. And I'm looking forward to it. It's the first sort of standalone Star Wars film, except it's not really standalone. Let me uh, let me break it down to you non-nerd folk who are like, okay, I don't get it. There's a Star Wars movie, but it's not the sequel to Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, which came out last year. So what is it? Right. Well, everybody usually everybody gets this breakdown. There's the original Star Wars trilogy. That's Episodes Four, Five, and Six: A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Everybody knows that's the original trilogy. Then Lucas went back, and I believe it was 1999, 2000-ish. Star Wars Episode One, then Two, then Three. Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. That's the prequel trilogy. Not as popular as the original trilogy. For various reasons. Maybe I'll have an episode about Star Wars down the line. But, Star, and then there's the new trilogy that Disney's doing. George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney. Disney owns Lucasfilm. Disney, well, Lucasfilm under Disney uh, produced Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And that's a new trilogy. It's going to have 7, 8, and 9. So it's going to have The Force Awakens and two yet-to-be-named films. The sequel to The Force Awakens comes out next December, 2017. So when Rogue One was coming out, people kept saying, oh yeah, the next Star Wars comes out. They, they kept referring to this Star Wars Rogue One, or as it's actually called, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. They were referring to this as the next Star Wars. It's not the next Star Wars. It's not the next sequel. Star Wars Rogue One should really be referred to as Episode 3.5. Some people have been calling it 3.9. Star Wars Rogue One takes place after Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, where Anakin becomes, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Anakin becomes Darth Vader. I just ruined the entire story for everybody. Not really. So, Anakin becomes Darth Vader in Episode 3. The next episode, Episode 4, the first Star Wars movie ever made, are you following along? That introduces us to Luke Skywalker. And you'll remember the Rebellion launches an attack on the Death Star. But that opens up with Princess Leia having the Death Star plans. Right? Rogue One is about the team that goes black ops, technically, and steals the Death Star plans to give to Princess Leia. So it literally, Rogue One literally takes place right before A New Hope. It is like a direct prequel to Star Wars Episode Four. So does that clear the confusion? Does that clear the airwaves? Probably not because those who are not nerdy and don't like Star Wars don't care. And those who just like Star Wars are like, eh, okay. 
And then you have diehards like me who are like, yes, this movie's going to be awesome. Give me more. And I should qualify that there are super mega diehards that are pissed off because the quote extended universe has been dissolved by Disney, uh, which I get it. You've read the books, you've played the games, you like all these backstories and characters that were developed. However, when Disney took over, they had two options. Option number one, take all that material that's been read and been loved and adored by everybody and just make it in the films. Or two, declare it not part of the canon, develop their own new material so they can be fresh and a little unique with it. And take elements from the extended universe. See, here's the thing. Everybody who's pissed off about it, here's the thing. Listen very closely, okay? I'm going to get very up close to the microphone. I'm going to whisper this stuff. Star Wars, okay, is fiction. I hate to admit that. I really do, because I love it. Love every bit of it, and I really wish it was reality. But... It's fiction. And because it's fiction, this is the beauty part. If you like the extended universe stuff, uh, you can still have it. You can still read those stories. You can still have those comic books. You can still play those games. And you can still make it real in your mind. I get you're mad that Disney's not going to, you know, slather it up in production and throw it on the big screen for you. I get that. But... I'm okay with it. You can watch, you can indulge in all forms of it and be a happy fan, if you know what I mean. You you can in, you can indulge in all forms of it. You can you can enjoy what Disney's doing with it because it's still Star Wars and it's cool and it's new. You can still dive into your expanded universe and then you can pretty much pick and choose and decide what you actually like and believe is the canon. Like I don't get why people don't get this. It's fiction. Take the material and and roll with it. You could write your own stories based off these universes. It's called fan fiction. You could write your own fan fiction of a story of how you would like it to go. And you can make it perfectly canon in your mind. And you could love it. It's kind of vain, but... You could do it. I, I'm writing my own fan fiction of Star Wars that doesn't fit into anything that's going on right now. But it's a, it's just a random story about uh, one of the Jedi during Order 66 in Episode 3. And it's just something I'm doing because I want to, you know, sharpen my writing skills. I just want to write about something that I'm not making up as I go. That's my other stories that I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to hash out this story across, you know, about three books... And then do a sequel to it in another three books. And in doing that, you know, I'm developing my own story and stuff. But to sharpen my writing skills, why not dive into fan fiction, a universe that's already created, that already has elements that I don't have to figure out just to write out a story. If that makes sense. Way too sidetracked, though. Point is, I'm seeing Star Wars Rogue One in Cinemark XD. It's kind of like IMAX. Just Cinemark's brand of it. So I'm very excited. And plus it's Tuesday. That's their half price day. So I'm also not spending an arm and a leg to go see it. 
thanks, honey. My wife loves me and spoils me. And that's why I talk about her in a positive manner on the program. And at all times. Not really at all times. But I try to because that's important. So, I, I you know, I mentioned that it's Christmas next week. And I mentioned I wanted to try to not talk about politics. Really surprised to be 16 minutes in and not having reference to politics at all. There is going to be some talk. But I want to keep rolling without politics. It's really nice to, to get away from politics. As much as I love to talk about it, as much as I love to debate it and stuff, it's nice to get away from it. It really is refreshing. I don't want to talk about El Presidente Electo, if you know what I mean, this this episode. Really don't want to talk about any of that. Something I put out on my... I put it out on my LinkedIn account, and I actually tweeted it out on my account, too. I wrote a little piece about Christmas and what I love about this season. Uh, of course, my LinkedIn account isn't on the damn computer. Why would it? Why would it be on my computer? Why would it be on my internet on the computer? You know why? Why would it be? It's on my app on my phone. See, this is ill prepared, but I'm also sick, so give me a freaking break. I uh, I want to say I penned this article, but I didn't because I typed it up on the computer. Thus, it was not penned. But I called it, I, I titled it, That Spirit of Decorating for Christmas. And, uh, I, you know, I encourage you to go read it. I will uh, post a link in the description. But I talked a little bit about why I like decorating for Christmas. And... I might just verbalize, though I don't want to read it word for word, but I'll verbalize it here. Uh, from a very, very young age, I remember always being excited about Christmas. Probably for the wrong reasons. Uh, probably for the same reasons that any kid who gets spoiled at Christmas time likes Christmas work. Presents! Yeah, yeah. I was that spoiled kid that got presents and loved it completely the wrong reason to love Christmas. But it's evolved since then. Thank you very much. I'll get to that in a minute. From a very young age, I remember being excited about Christmas. Uh, excited to the point that, like, Christmas Eves, Christmas Eves, I could never, and I mean ever, get to sleep as a kid. And when I say that, like, some, some of you might be like, okay, so you eventually would get to sleep. No, I wouldn't eventually get to sleep. Uh, I remember being four, five, six, seven years old. I remember all those Christmas Eves in my head. They're burned in my memory because I did the exact same thing Christmas Eve night. I could never get to sleep. I had a TV in my room, had cable in my room. That's how spoiled I was as a child. I had cable TV in my room. It was a little CRT TV. Some of you might be sitting here and going, well, what's CRT? Think big, bulky you know, old boxy TV. I had one of those. It was built in with a VCR. Some of you millennials out there might be going, what's a VCR? Uh, yeah, VC, VHS and v, VHS tapes and VCRs were, uh, you know, still a thing when I came into this world. Uh, they, they phased out uh, around, I don't know, 1999, 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. But 
So I had a boxy TV with a built-in VHS player, and but I also had cable TV up there because my mother spoiled me. Sorry, mom, you did. It is what it is. My mom listens to the show too. So, hi, mom. Anyway, I had cable TV up there, and as you know, uh, you probably already know TBS. I think it was TBS. One of the channels. I I don't know what channel. That's. It's debatable and it's not exclusive to the story. Story. Well, one of the you know the channel that broadcast a Christmas story twenty four hours straight. <clears throat> Whatever channel that is, I think it is TBS. Give me props if I'm right because I'm not going to look it up. That's what I would do Christmas Eves. I would go to bed around. I'd go to bed late. My mom would let me go to bed late. It would be like ten thirty or eleven o'clock. That's late for somebody who's. Five, six, seven, right? Excuse me. I'm out of coffee, but now I'm on eggnog, which is coating the throat very nicely. Just in case you were wondering. You're probably not. You're probably like sick. You're probably listening and grabbing disinfectant wipes and cleaning your hands and probably your ears, hoping that I'm not getting you sick just by talking. But that was my routine. Go to bed, uh, turn on my TV, turn it onto the channel with 24 hours of a Christmas story. And I literally would just sit there trying to go to sleep watching a Christmas story. Over and over and over and over and over again. I actually do like that movie too. I watch it at least once. Usually as close to Christmas as possible. And uh, part of the reason why I probably love that movie is because the dad in A Christmas Story, I've been told, is pretty much my dad. Who, of course, died when I was four. Thanks, Dad. That's a joke for those of you out there who are thinking like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or, wow, that's harsh. Um, Yeah, he's been dead for quite a while. And uh, my family has this sort of... Uh, a sort of, you know, dark humor uh, for dealing with things. So. so, but I've been told that the dad in A Christmas Story is, is just the embodiment of my father. So, I vicariously uh, just periodically get visits from my father at Christmas time when I watch A Christmas Story. How about that? So yeah, I would watch it a dozen times and I would literally, I couldn't get to sleep. I would try to go to sleep. I'd sit there. Eyes closed, and it wouldn't. It would never happen. Did I eventually get to sleep? Yeah, but it was probably like three thirty, four thirty in the morning, and then I would get up at like six thirty, because you know, let's get up, let's 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 go through all the Christmas traditions and and have a fun day. And Christmas traditions at uh, at my home front included. Uh, Mom busting out a box of donuts and everybody waking up and then sitting around the tree and opening presents. And it's actually very fun, good family time. And then you got to see how you got to see what everybody got. You got to see the reactions to it. And then the rest of the day, you would literally just lie around and play with your new stuff. Who wouldn't love that? Who wouldn't love Opening new stuff and then just lying around the rest of the day playing with the new stuff. 
So I have a lot of childhood memories of sleepless Christmas Eves. Of waking up Christmas Day and sitting on the stairs with my siblings, wondering if it was too early to go downstairs or not. Some of my siblings. The ones that were living in the house during my young years, during that time. One of the other things I loved was my mom's and, you know, I guess my father's. I guess it stemmed from my father. Uh, I'm not sure. Mom, you'll have to tell me whether or not it stemmed from dad or you or both of you. Everything was organized. Now, one thing you might not know about me, I am child number eight of eight children. Dead last, I'm the baby. That's a lot of presents to shove underneath the tree. In fact, most of the presents didn't end up under the tree. They went around the tree, and everybody had their own section. So there was my older, my oldest brother's section was by the fireplace, which was fake. It was a fake fireplace. Then it would go progressively from him to the next, to the next, to the next, and I was the last. So my presents usually ended up stacked in front of uh, where now the TV's there. Before it was just a corner, so it would be stacked in the corner. And I didn't care because I just wanted to be able to run to my stuff and go, yay, my stuff. And I guess that's why it was organized, so that there there would be no confusion. There'd be no digging around for finding your presence. I just had to take a break for a coughing fit. I'm now I now have a Hall's cherry cough drop soothing my throat. Which hopefully it works. Hopefully. So there was that aspect, and that's that's one thing. I have lots of Christmas memories with, with the family and the family time. That's one aspect of it. Another thing when Christmas would roll around, and this goes back to the LinkedIn article, the decorating thing. There's something about Christmas decorating that I absolutely love. I don't know what it is. It, it has something to do with the fact that I love the whole season, and I've still yet to really figure out why. It might just be because of the deep memories attached in my head of those Christmas Eve nights not being able to go to sleep, of the Christmas mornings. I, you know, I don't know, but decorating I love. And it's kind of weird because if I asked my mom, she would talk, you know, she would mention about how dad, you know, dad wasn't really a religious man, but he had to pick out like the perfect christmas tree. He would my mom told me he would go as far as cutting branches off the bottom of the tree, drilling holes in the patchy parts higher up on the tree and sticking those branches in. So, he would perfect the christmas tree. I believe she said he'd go as far as putting the lights on because the lights had to be strung a certain way. So, yeah, I don't know if that's, like, hereditary, <laughs> you know, but I love Christmas decorations. Uh, Thanksgiving would roll around. Have very fun memories of Thanksgiving, too, because my mom would get be getting the turkey ready in the kitchen. The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which I have not missed one of, by the way. It's like I can't not... On Thanksgiving Day, t- 
turn on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Can't ever skip it. Because if I, if I ever did, I know I'd just be like, ah, oh, what the hell? And sometimes I put it on and I go, that's cheesy. That's cheesy. But yeah, you know, I put it on and it rolls in the background. However, mom would always, you know, solicit us kids to help. One of the fun things is pumping the turkey full of butter. And my mom has like this syringical, you know, butter injector that looks like it came out of a horror film. Almost. It looks like it's an old school doctor's kit with a needle. And she would fill the needle up with butter and she'd say, all right, stab it right there in the turkey. And we would do that and pump it full of butter. It was fun. I don't know how it was fun, but it was fun. But but anyway, right after Thanksgiving would be, you know, pull out the Christmas decorations and we're going to get ready to decorate. And I always loved that process. I always loved, you know, when I was older, going down to the basement and bringing up the stuff was even fun. I don't know why. <laughs> Seems kind of stupid, right? Especially because the basement at mom's house is, is, is a concrete, messy, dark, damp basement. Maybe even borderline scary. Think Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 1, how he was afraid of the furnace. But we'd bring up, you know, all the Christmas decorations, the Christmas garland, the nativity set, the Christmas town. The Christmas town came a little bit later, but uh, but my mom's nativity set, for example, is so expansive. My mom has a big nativity set. Most people most people have a nativity set that is the uh, the barn. Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, the three wise men, maybe some animals. My mom's set is that barn, all those things I just mentioned, but also angels, uh, little model birds that you can tack up to look like they're little button, little doves to fly around almost. Uh, all sorts of shepherds. Sheep figures, camel figures, uh, Roman centurions, uh, a bridge that actually goes over a running river, uh, 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 the wise men's camp. She has pieces that are campfires. That, you know, you put batteries in them and you light them up and it looks like a little little crackling fire. And it spans over like a, a I want to say it's a, a four to six foot table buffet in her living room. And it's a, it's huge. Every year she's like bought a new piece to go into that nativity set. And... It is a sight to behold when you see it. It has a giant light-up star that goes above the uh, the barn. The barn has like a blue light in it that gives it a nighttime feel. And the figures, the figures are very detailed figures. I always had fun setting that up at Christmas time. Always had fun with it. I have my own nativity set. 
Nowhere near as expansive. <laughs> Nowhere near as expansive. But, I always love putting together moms. And I always love going to moms and seeing it set up. And then when she got her Christmas village, it was the same thing. I, I loved setting up the little houses. The little figurines. Uh, we would even go as far as to buying bags of fake snow to, to pour over there. And it was fun to do. The, uh, the ornaments for the Christmas tree. Putting them on the Christmas tree was always fun. Uh, we had we had very different Christmas ornaments. It was a mixture of a bunch of different types. But one thing that was the one thing that was stand out for a Christmas tree is what uh, we called them twinkles. I don't even know if they're actually called twinkles or not, but they're these there's they're these uh, they are these metallic flat etched Christmas ornaments that you can get your names etched into and all that so that was you know that was a family thing everybody had their own unique twinkle for the tree everybody had their own one mine was a little boy holding a Christmas present with a hat with a Santa hat that was way too big for him the the little ball on the back of the Santa hat drug across the ground and there's a little puppy biting the ball. That was my twinkle. And it says on it, Fritz. And it's really cute. <clears throat> Everybody had their own unique one. Uh, my sister Meg, for example, she she's the one that passed away. I've talked about her before. Hers was, I, I believe, a ballerina dancer. That's going to come into play in a minute. Uh, Christmas has always been special to me. And obviously, with all the decorating and focus on that, it's kind of been special family-wise. Well, my sister, Meg, when she got, uh, when she, when we figured out she had cancer, that was around Thanksgiving, and then there was Christmas time in a hospital, which, by the way, in case you're wondering, Christmas time in a hospital is not so fun. Not so fun at all, but her last Christmas was in, uh... The children's hospital. Which kind of sucks. Once she passed though. Uh, Mom still kept the Christmas spirit. <clears throat> However she switched up the Christmas tree. And she did something really unique and special. And I really really love. What my mom did with that Christmas tree. And how it is now. My mom stripped away all the old ornaments, except for the family twinkles. And we slowly bought new angel ornaments. And that Christmas tree got turned entirely into angels, except for the family twinkles. And it became sort of like a, a tribute to Meg. So it was a tree full of angels. And her twinkle would go somewhere roughly in the middle. Front and center of the tree. Her twinkle would go there and we'd have... There was this special angel ornament. And it's it's beautiful. I actually love this ornament. It's... The body of it is uh, her birthstone. September sapphire. And it has, you know, angel wings on it. it. It's it's a little angel, but it's made out of the birthstone. 
and it's very it's it's cray adorbs. But I love it. That goes front and center as well. And overall, it's a beautiful tree. It's a beautiful tree, and then we deck it out old school with uh, tinsel, string, silver tinsel. Not garland wrapped around, not beads wrapped around. Tinsel. Beautiful tree. Beautiful tree. And I, I, again, I love going to my mom's and seeing that tree set up the way it is. This year, my mom has to, the day after Christmas, fly out to Arizona uh, to my sister, who lives in Arizona now, because uh, my niece is getting married. And uh, not everybody can make that, but she's going immediately. So the tree that she has set up in the living room right now, they have a fake tree this year. But it was really interesting because uh, it has built-in white, plain white lights. And it was really cool seeing it this year. I don't know what it is, but the white lights really stood out. And I looked at it and I thought it, it looked really cool. I really liked it. And I'm I'm a person that likes the more colorful LED lights than the new school stuff. But it was really interesting and cool to see the old school, just plain white, classic look and feel to the tree. Really did like that. Anyway, that's expanding now because, you know, me and my wife, we have our house now and we're slowly buying up our own Christmas decorations. Uh, So, for example, the outside of my house... All I have is those icicle lights that you hang from your roof and one lawn inflatable ornament that just so happens to be Yoda sitting on a stack of presents, wearing a Santa hat and leaning on a candy cane cane, which I know what you're thinking. You're insanely jealous and you wish you had one. I know. Go out and buy one. I bought it dirt cheap last year after Christmas. Because those lawn inflatables are anywhere from 50 to to 100 bucks. But if you go shopping at a department store right after Christmas, they slash those prices in half or better. Buy up all your Christmas decorations after Christmas. You can use them for the next year. It's ingenious. But we're slowly buying up, you know, our new stuff. And, well, you know, probably after Christmas this year, we might buy up, you know, some some more ornaments and such. Uh, Our Christmas tree, for example, our Christmas tree ornaments. uh, Every year, my wife's grandparents get her a Winnie the Pooh-style ornament from Hallmark in a series. So, uh, as I always like to say, my Christmas tree is filled with poo. Because it is. There's lots of Winnie the Pooh ornaments on the tree. My wife is obsessed with Winnie the Pooh. Loves Winnie the Pooh. That is why my Christmas tree is Pooh. But she has all those. Uh, She started buying me like little Star Wars vinyl ornaments. Uh, I have an Eagles, a Philadelphia Eagles light up Christmas ornament and you put those little batteries in it and it's LED and it glows bright and changes colors and stuff. So we're buying up our own, you know, Christmas ornaments decorating our tree. We have, you know, our own nativity set 
But we bought two things this year that I really like and I, I had planned to expand in the coming years. We bought... I love Legos. I know I'm an adult. And Legos are not just for children. Get that out of your head. Legos are for adults too. You jerks. Love Legos. We bought two Lego sets that are holiday sets. The first one is actually a Lego holiday train set that is fully functional. You buy battery packs, you buy little IR things and a little remote control. And you can remote control this train on on tracks. The tracks that come in the set are, are a circular set. It only makes a circle. But you can buy Lego flexi track pieces that you can switch up to make, you know, your own track style instead of just having a circle. But uh, we didn't, you know, we just bought the set this year. So it's a it's a cool circular track. Uh, you can power up the train and it goes around the tracks and it's really cool. We bought that and we bought uh, Lego and it's all part of the creator series of Legos. We bought... Uh, Apparently, every year they release a new piece to a holiday town. This year, it was a toy shop. And it comes with like four or five or six minifigures. And you build a Lego shop, and it has these little Lego toys that you put together. And it's really cool looking. It even has light-up brick pieces, which is which is awesome. That's like our new tradition. That's, that's our new thing. We're going to buy the next edition every year. Or go back and retro buy them as well because you can go online and find the older sets. And so my Christmas village, instead of buying up model pieces or whatever that is, it's going to be Legos. So I'm going to buy up these Lego things and put them together and make a massive Christmas village of Legos. So someday in the future you're going to see me on the internet. Christmas Lego man. I love Legos though and I, I didn't know. I was in the Lego store at the mall and I found the holiday set, and I looked at it, and I said, "Is this a thing?" And the guy at the Lego store said, "Yeah, every year we re- every year Lego releases a new one." And I went, "Wow, I didn't know that." And then when I asked about the holiday train, they said, "Yeah, it's fully functional and powerful. You buy these uh, two or three accessory pieces, and that thing will go around and around and around on the tracks." Also, very cool. So I love it. That's my new, that's our new, me and my wife's new Christmas tradition. Buy the next holiday Lego thing and put it in your Christmas town. I went 43 minutes without talking politics at all. Just to show you that it's possible. But I said it wouldn't be entirely without politics, right? The thing I actually want to talk about right now isn't isn't so much political. I mean, it is, but in a different way. It's about commentaries. One of the shows I listen to is actually ending their live program. They might continue as a podcast. That remains to be seen. This is what I want you to do. I don't want to talk too exclusively about it cuz my voice is really starting to get shot. I've taken I've taken a couple of different pauses now to have coughing fits. His name's John Ziegler. He ran the the John and Lee show. 
It was Sunday night's live broadcast um, on, uh, I forget what the network was called, Free Speech Broadcasting. And I would listen to the podcast version of the show. John Ziegler works for Mediaite.com. So he's a blogger. Uh, He ran this radio show. He's been on Glenn Beck's program a couple of times. He's been brought in the news to commentate on, on certain things. He wrote out this big, long article on Mediaite uh, just yesterday, in fact, about, uh, he titled it, How Donald Trump's Election Has Helped Me Decide to End My National Radio Show. If you go look this up, <clears throat> John Ziegler, his, his last name is spelled Z-I-E-G-L-E-R, Sorry, see? I'm, I'm like sick as a dog. Yet I still put out 45 minutes of an episode. What a trooper. What a trooper, man. He penned out this big article about how this election season has been so horrendous. How talk radio has been massively affected by it. Especially because it's it's dominated by conservative voices... And he points out that a lot of them just fell in line with Donald Trump. There's very few that went against that grain. He was one of the ones that went against that grain. But he talks about how he and his co-host came to a falling out over this election. And his co-host, Lee, ended up leaving the show over it. Which explains, I listened to like the last couple episodes and it was only John talking. And I was like, "Where, where, where is Lee? Can't say I'm surprised at what happened, but... Needless to say, so he penned this long article, and and I encourage you to go read it. But I encourage you to check this guy out, too. I love John Ziegler. He's cool. He's a level-headed guy. He's he's like a conservative, libertarian type of guy. And when I say that, he absolutely is opposed to Donald Trump, which doesn't help him build up his career in this world of political radio, conservative political radio, where now Sean Hannity can take pot shots at him. You know, I'm sure Rush Limbaugh could do. I don't know if he has. But I'm, I'm thankful that like people like Glenn Beck have had him on and have talked to him periodically. That's how I figured out about this guy. And I want to give him props and shout outs uh, as much as I can. Even though I, it's not like I'm influential here. I'm not sitting here broadcasting to even 500 people. But... <clears throat> Check out his article, because this it's a very telling piece about talk radio, about news commentary. Very much, it's, it's eye-opening. Go and read it. And check, out his, te- check out his show. It, it is podcasted. You can back-check some of the episodes. At least listen to his last episode from yesterday. That's what I'm going to do after I'm done here. I would really, I would love for the Blaze to pick up that guy. Really would. All right, forty-seven minutes, forty-eight minutes even, and I gotta call it quits. You you can obviously hear it in my voice, but I still put out a standard episode of Fritzcast. One of the focus to be on Christmas though, and parts of why I love it, because uh, I really do. I'm I'm actually now I'm getting depressed because we're about to hit Christmas, and as soon as we hit Christmas, the the minute December 26th rolls in, 
my mood is going to downswing. Because New Year's, I don't, I don't care about. We'll talk about New Year's in the next episode. Because I have a lot to say about New Year's resolutions and uh, that whole, the whole idea of you know it being a clean slate. I'm not going to talk about it now. I want to talk about it next episode. But uh, yeah, December 26 and on, my my, my uh, morale, bad word for it, my, my mood, my spirit will be on the downswing. And I'll probably get a little bit depressed. And then the Christmas decorations will stay up until like the first or second week in January and I'll slowly start taking down all the stuff. We will, me and my wife. We will start taking stuff down because this is a team effort. Right? Alright, so, <laughs> yeah. My voice is shot. I've had several coughing fits. It is what it is. But, I will say this. Thanks, guys, for listening, number one. Number two, please like, share, comment. All all the jazz that you're supposed to do on social media, do it. I, I would love and appreciate you forever. And, finally, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or some other thing during the holiday. I want to wish you. I celebrate Christmas. So I'm wishing you a Merry Christmas. Hopefully you take that at face value. And you're like. Oh hey. Somebody nice is wishing me something nice. But. If you can't get over that block. I'll go step further. Happy holidays everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. Try to find some peace. Harmony. Spread the love. Cheer and joy. Get off the politics. Get off the politics for just a week or two if you can. Enjoy the closeout to the year. 2017 is on the way. I love you guys and I'll see you. Well, I won't see you, but I will be addressing you next week. Hopefully not sick as a dog. And maybe in the in-between time, somebody can look that up sick as a dog where it came from and send it to me so I can talk about that because that's whack catch you later